Hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of our EKN Debrief. It's episode number 97, Tuesday, June the 28th, 2022. My name is Rob Howden, joined as always by David Cole as we get set to dive in for our race report of the 2022 California Rock Championship, the one-off event that was uh, held this past weekend at Pat's Acres Racing Complex in Canby, Oregon, up in the Pacific Northwest, one of the most picturesque racetracks you'll ever go to. David's first trip there. We'll talk a lot about that when we jump into it. But let's begin, of course, as always, by introducing our presenting sponsor, which today is Comic Cart Sales. History, success, family. These are three words that describe Comic Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. Family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, and they are continually adding new parts to their product line. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. All right, let's dive into this, David Cole. Um, or just the overview, I guess, California Rock Championship. Uh, interesting. It was supposed to be a three-race program. They didn't get the entries they needed with all the racing that's going on in Southern California for their first event in May. Andy Say has been saying, you know what? There's just so much going on right now. We're going to do one big event. Everybody wants to go up to Pat's Acres. Uh, let's do that. So June 24th, 25th, 26th was the date for the one-off up at Pat's. Uh, all in all, didn't get the numbers that they wanted, but, man, do we ever have a good time. Yeah, it, it, essentially, you could you could just say uh, it was a good revival weekend for I think myself, mostly yourself as well, to to kind of show us what karting is all about. It's about having fun and having a yeah. good time. I think really, you know, sometimes sometimes we get uh, too uh, enclosed with you know results and championships and and focus on 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 making the sport more professional, but in all in all, again, karting is fun. So again, that, that was kind of the, the focus of the, uh, of the California rock championship event at Pat's acres. Well, it's, what's really interesting thing for me too. And we'll get into the, in a bit, obviously second trip to the facility for the California rock championship uh, after the 2020 season, Andy says has been sent out a, a survey to all his racers who had run the program and said, Hey, listen, what's a track that we haven't been to that you guys really want to go to. And there was a huge feedback that, Hey man, we want to go up to Pat's acres. We want to go up to this uh, iconic racetrack that we've heard so much about. Uh, you know, a lot of big events that happened there in the past. I can't bear national schools are from moto tour events, whatever it may be. So Andy put it on the schedule, a bunch of drivers went up last year. And so, Hey, let's go back and do it again this year. People loved it. It's going to be fun. Uh, all in all, just again, the way the schedule kind of played out, we've seen this happen before, right? The California Pro Car Challenge is running on the same weekend down at Cal Speed. The Pad Holder Super Cup, uh, Northwest Karting Association ran the week before in Medford, Oregon. Uh, just the, the numbers didn't line up once again. We ended up with 56 drivers in total. We had a fantastic time. There is a focus with Andy and the Eggers of making this an annual deal. Tough place to start from, but they set the baseline. All in all, I feel I feel bad for not having a lot of racers, but everybody that was there had fun, which is which is which is key. Yeah, that was the main thing. It was good racing. Again, you only need two drivers to to have a yeah. race, and and we saw good racing in every single category. Um, you know that had more than one cat, one one driver in it. Um, 
but yeah, so I mean, that's what you ask for when you go to a karting event, having a good time and have competition. And that's exactly what was there um, at this past weekend at, at Pat's Acres. I think what everybody didn't want was the heat. I think that was <laughs> yeah. that was one of the major factors. Again, uh, looking back at the weekend, you know, the the uh, the track temperature for the rock shifter main event on Saturday. And again, this was what, around maybe two o'clock around that time, two o'clock Pacific time. The track temperature was nearly 140 degrees. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's hot when your arms are sweating. You know, no, typically you don't <laughs> have your saying. you don't have your arms sweating, and it was so it was a bit of a warm one. Again, you know it's you know it's not typical weather for for that area, but again, it's the summertime. You never know what you're going to get. the The best part about it is it didn't rain. Again, we were camping, you know, and again, you know, drivers hate going back and forth. And you never know with the Pacific Northwest about rain. But uh, that was one thing we didn't have to, to deal with was wet weather. Yeah, blue skies the entire time we were there. It's actually Chamber of Commerce weather, other than the fact that they got up into the high 90s on Sunday. As I had said before, second trip to the facility, mostly high 80s, low 90s was kind of where we were. Cooler at night, which was nice, but we did get up into almost 99 degrees, I think, on Sunday afternoon. But that seemed to be the order of the day. I know the guys racing in Pascuza that down at Cal Speed, it was super hot. The guys are out in Texas as well at Denton, Texas, for the Texas Pro, uh, Texas uh, uh, Sprint Cart Series or Sprint, sprint Racing, Texas racing, sprint series. racing series. Texas Sprint Racing Series. It was super hot there as well, and it gets that way in Texas. So the heat seemed to be the order of the day throughout the entire weekend and, and events uh, from coast to coast. Uh, all told, though, David, if we, if we look at the numbers, they had 70 last year, 56, as we said. The 56 – Probably would have been a couple more, but there were what two or three drivers in junior and two or three drivers in senior. Some didn't run in the in the senior rock class. We talked we talked at length about the fact that 100 cc liquid liquid cooled single speed racing is just not being supported on the West Coast right now, which is wild. Had a couple drivers move from there over into the 100 cc classes. A couple drivers didn't run, so ended up with 56 in total. Combined the rock and mini rock classes into a into a cadet class that showed. Great racing throughout the weekend. Senior 100cc was strong, David, with 90 in total. Um, 19, yes. Uh, probably, probably an 8, 19. And then, hey, Masters and Junior, not huge, but the racing was awesome. Yeah, the racing was awesome. But, again, yeah, we had more Masters 100cc drivers than last year. Last year only had two. This year we moved to five to where the Masters Rock Division went from eight to one. So, again, you, you, you get growth in one. Unfortunately, you're losing in the other. And that was the case too, because there were senior and junior rock drivers last year. They've moved, those drivers moved over to the hundred CC category this year. So, or this um, tracks track side when they were pre-entered. So uh, again, it's just the ebb and flow of, of our sport. Again, I don't think there was as many events that were scheduled on or around um, this weekend as well too last year. So that's, that's part of the, the numbers situation that uh, that we're kind of looking at, but again, you know, Rock Shifter at eight, Rock Shifter Masters at six. That's an increase to, of two. So again, you know, fourteen Shifter Cart drivers out there on that small six tenths of a mile racetrack makes for an exciting uh, session for sure. Yeah, it was fun to watch, no doubt about it. So all total fifty six drivers for this uh, edition of the California Rock Championship. As I had said, the conversation throughout the entire weekend was: this is something we're going to focus on. We're going to keep growing this program. You know, Andy Saisman, of course, has now moved up to Idaho, but is the West Coast distributor for the Rock program. 
And that the, the key is to keep growing this. You know, obviously the challenge of the Americans, the winner's a great program. Keep building the rock program on the West Coast. And this one-off event is going to be uh, something they do again next year. A lot of cool thoughts. They're throwing around a bunch of different ideas of how to make it even uh, more enjoyable weekend next year. We'll talk more about that before we're all done. But let's go to our first break. When we get back, we'll jump into the paddock pass, chat a little bit more just about uh, essentially what we started here with just the overall feel of the weekend. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Carding Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're karting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. The Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to episode number 97 of our ECAN debrief, the wrap-up of our ECAN trackside live coverage where we uh, dive in and do a full report on the event that we were just at. This one, we're talking about the California Rock Championship at Pat's Acres Racing Complex. I'm Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, the Paddock Pass now presented by Parallel USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Parallel decided to move his passion uh, for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Parallel was born. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and they run a factory race team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2022 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag single-speed chassis for junior and senior drivers, 
the 28 millimeter opportunity model for the cadet classes and the daytona four cycle chassis get on the chassis that's winning drive a parallel for more information head to parallelusa.com so david we talked we talked about having fun great racing well we had great wheel-to-wheel action fantastic track awesome atmosphere an iconic facility but from the very beginning, when you and I were talking about this on the way home, we're like, okay, what do we start with with a paddock pass? We say this. I came back with basketball, steaks, smash burgers, and rental carts. Smash <laughs> burgers? Yeah, they were, they were smash. Yeah, we had fun. <laughs> we, just, we, we had fun on the weekend. We camped out. Right? A lot of, there's a number of people that had the campers there. We, we rented a camper, uh, a trailer, and had fun and just kind of, we hung out. It was just, for you and I and the way we normally do things, back to the hotel, thrashing away, we just kind of capped off the day at a cold one and and was able to grill out. It was a really fun weekend, all total. Yeah, again, bringing the fun back in into karting. That's that's kind of the, the, the synopsis of the weekend. Again, you know, Andy's challenging America's program and, and the California Rock Championship. It's about having fun, good all the way dating back to the Gators program. You know, when it was Gators, the regional program he had in Southern California, it was always about having fun. And a lot of programs start that way. You know, the Pro Kart Challenge was about guys having fun. There was no kids, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of programs within our sport. You get Quincy Grand Prix, Rock Island Grand Prix. It's all about having fun and having a good time. And I think it was a good refresher. It kind of, you know, again, competitive on track but having fun off the track as well too a lot of people were talking about you know you know all the grilling out and eating and having a good time and again you know it's the only racetrack that has an actual basketball hoop on the pit lane so (laughs) (laughs) so you got to have a couple basketball games in there so that was you know for us staying there it was a good opportunity when when uh you know the track was cold to go up there and, and shoot some hoops and play a couple, you know, pick up games and have fun that way. And again, as you said, we're all camping out there. People were, you know, grilling out all weekend long. You did the uh, smash burgers Saturday night for the, uh, the challenge, the California rock championship staff and, and, and the Ager family that was there as well too. So again, and then we wrapped it up Sunday night with those who were still there with some, with some rental cart racing. So um, it was good. It was good fun. Uh, I'm, I'm a little beat up both <laughs> mentally, physically, <laughs> and uh liver wise so uh <laughs> yeah i'm no kidding right it was a workout. <laughs> so it, it it's it's certainly you know that's kind of how you want it to uh to wrap up is is uh, making memories again like i i told andy Saisman, i go the pain will go away but the memories will still be here uh forever so yeah, that's you know, that's what you want when you leave a, a race another one you know another story was you know jim kidd and, and rob stories and the crew from illuminos right they kind of road tripped their way up here had some fun on the way up they had got an Airbnb and a hot tub and stuff, and they were all cooking. You know, uh, Jim Kidd was rocking out some Jamaican jerk one night. We all know that Rob Soros can uh, – this guy can cook for sure. So, they, you know, that crew came up from Northern California and had a blast up here too. And, you know, I, we followed Jim and Cassie and their, and their you know, kind of, you know, their, their, their drive up north to, to Pats and stop it off at cool places. Really – it's what the sport's about, the people, the family, the teams you run with, you know, the, yeah, the on-track action's all there, but it's all, it's always great to, to wrap it all together. It really, for me, really brought me back to when I first started in the sport back in 95 and when I would do, you know, some of our regional events up here in Ontario, the OKRA, it was me and like probably, you know, four or five, six of our buddies that would roll in on the Friday nights, 
set up our tents or whatever. And we'd be, you know, grilling and having a couple of cold ones, working on the carts at the track. And it was, those were some of the best times I've ever had in the sport. Yeah. That, and that, that's how, you know, my, you know, our, my introduction has been all family related. You know, we, you know, we did it as a family. It was something that we uh, participated in all together, you know, travel together and, and that's, again, what carding is. And you can have it at all different levels. You can have it at the club level, regional level, even the national level. And that's, uh, you know, again, carding is what you make it. And it depends on, on what you want it to be. And that's uh, kind of always been my philosophy moving forward or in the past and moving forward. And and hopefully more people take it that way. You know, again, you know, this, you know, not a lot of people are going to be able to graduate to other forms of motorsports. And this is, you know, this is their F1. And that's and it. but it's also it's also a hobby. It's also um, a chance to bring your family together and have a good time. And and uh, again, I think we just got to continue to focus on on those types of elements regarding uh, the sport of karting. Yeah, we had a lot of fun before and after the racing to talking about the actual racing itself to a certain extent here in, the, in this edition of the Paddock Pass. One of the conversations, David, we had was, you know, there's X amount of entries here. But everybody kind of looked back and said, wow, you know, there, there was a lot of races either going on this particular weekend or the previous weekend that kind of cost entries. Right. I mentioned the California Pro Car Challenge. Uh, the Cal- there was a, a, a series event in Colorado. Talked about the Northwest Karting Association. Rock Sonoma was coming off an event. Just a lot of races that were probably cost entries for this particular race up at Pat's. Yeah, it doesn't allow people to to do the, a one-off type style event. You know, that's something that you struggle with having a one-off. You got to build a, a base, and that's unfortunately the the tough road, and and that's kind of where the event is right now. And it's now okay. We have three hundred sixty-four days to figure out how do we get clubs and series and other promoters to kind of you know figure out a good way to work around it to find an open spot. Because again, like I talked about previously, I, th- I don't think there were a lot of races going on at this time last year. So it was a perfect time to do yeah. it. Now this year, all of a sudden, you know, like you said, we had California pro cart challenge. We had the Colorado karting tour. We had Texas sprint racing series all going on at the same time as the challenge or the, the California rock championship. And then you have in the region, the Northwest karting association had their pad holders, Super Cup Sprint Series event down in Medford uh, the the weekend prior, so people were already had raced in Oregon, and then because mo- the majority of the competitors, you know, Washington area, Seattle area, so they would have had to come back into Portland again. So not everybody was was up in arms about that, you know, or, or willing to do that. Oh, Plus, they were yeah. midway in their championship, yep. so it's kind of hard to do that. So. Um, yeah, again, it's it it just it's going to be about cooperation and trying to work together. Again, that's always been a, a huge factor in our sport is is promoters, series, and clubs and tracks all trying to work together for for the common goal of putting on some of the best racing as you can. And yeah, uh, you know, again, some some days it works, some days it doesn't. Um, and you just kind of have to keep rolling with the punches and figure out what what's the best route and what's the best avenue to go. You know, Dave, one of the best conversations I think we had in the weekend, you and I were kind of working through the paddock and got a chance to talk to Kyle Wick, Connor Wick, uh, Jacob Gulick was there as well, Gary Carlton, um, kind of chatting a little bit about the track itself, right? And and with the pavement and what it's like with the tires. Uh, that was I, I really enjoyed that 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 conversation. You know, you had mentioned 
Uh, and you have it here that, that, you know, the track was over a half a second off for Shifter where it was last year, although the grip did come up. Um, just a little bit different with the heat. And it, that was a real, really great conversation with some of the some of the top Shifter car drivers in the sport. Yeah, because this is a track that's not utilized a lot for competitive karting. It's it's mostly a rental kart track. Hell, Monday when we left, it was being used for motorcycle school. So, you know, that was one of the worries that, hey, you know, the motorcycles going over the rubber that was that's all right. laid down. There's not they're not used to to having that type of rubber build up uh, to, around that racetrack. So, um, yeah, it, it's an interesting scenario. And again, it's it's all based on, you know, the amount of events that go on. And it's also based on, uh, um, um, on the amount of carts that are on the racetrack. So maybe maybe because there wasn't quite enough amount of carts that th there wasn't enough grip laid down, or it could just be a, you know the the you know weather having a, a major factor. You know, obviously when you get track temperature up there in 140 degrees, it's a little bit uh, um, come becomes a little bit more greasier and, and not able to actually lay the the rubber down. So. You, so it provides more grip, but again, a lot of different factors. But that was an interesting note to to hear from uh, from Gary and them. Yeah, uh, that's it for the paddock pass. Let's go for another break. When we come back. We'll jump into the race report, and we'll start things off with uh, Rock Shifter Senior and Senior Hundred CC. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment: Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track and their Cardi lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT Cardi helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual density interior foam lining and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo, any competition, one helmet. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and the Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2022 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Daytona International Speedway, Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Quincy Grand Prix, Newcastle Motorsports Park, and the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the five-round regionally-based Ignite Challenge at tracks in Illinois, Ohio, and Missouri. Local club programs have also been established in other states like Idaho, Texas, 
Nebraska, New York, Florida, and more. Join Margate Racing for some fast, fun, and great memories at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite cart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at IgniteKarting.com. Get off the couch and onto the track this year. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. Welcome back to episode 97 of our EKN Debrief, taking a dive into the a California Rock Championship event up in Portland, Oregon. Can be, actually, at the Pat's Acres Racing Complex. Uh, this edition of the Race Report brought to you by Skip Barber Racing Schools. Are you looking for the next step in racing? Going from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Racing School. Skip Barber alumni are champions in every motorsport series, including Formula One, NASCAR, IMSA, and IndyCar. Get behind the wheel of a Skip Barber Formula 4 car featuring a 160-horsepower turbocharged engine. Our highly structured and competitive Skip Barber Formula Race Series is the perfect platform to start your racing career so you can fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. With equalized race cars and a focus on driver development, your driving skills will determine if you end up in victory lane. Learn more about the Skip Barber Racing School at skipbarber.com or call 866 932 Four nine. All right, David, let's jump into the race report here. We'll start with start with Rock Shifter Sr. Really only one name all weekend long, and that was Kyle Wick. This guy was absolutely flat dominant with GFC Karting, running the black and yellow colors of Track Magic, the iconic American brand. Uh, Kyle just, you know, getting one of the top shifter car drivers in the country. The only, his only falter on the weekend was not getting off the line well from pole in heat racing one and two when Jacob Gulick was able to get the whole shot on him. But Wick quickly went back to the lead, really dominated the action, and was able to win on, on Sunday as well. Yeah, and if I recall, I think Wimsett got in there one time as well, too. I think he might have put back Wick down to third. I think it might have been even the, the opening heat race there. Um, but, yeah, it's better to do that early on in the weekend than than uh, when it all counts, and, and that was in the main event. You know, Wick was able to get off the line clean and uh and get through the opening couple corners without uh without relinquishing that top spot but again uh, a dominant performance by by kyle wick and the uh, aboard that track magic machine again looks great you know all that green there at pat's acres you know you mix in that track magic yellow and black it's a it's a great uh equation to get some some solid photos (laughs) on the weekend and you took some great stuff your shots this weekend were fantastic it was it was they really looked good um, so qualifying Wick P1, Gulick second, Wimsett third. How about, how about Joey Wimsett, 30 years of age, uh, out there gunning with the big dogs and, uh, and was able to hold on over the 22 lap distance in the main event. Yeah. Again, he hasn't raced since, uh, since the super nationals in December. So it's been a, a six month, uh, absence for him behind the yeah. wheels. So he did go out. He talked, I talked to him earlier in the weekend. He went out, uh, la- you know, last week and got in some laps just to, you know, shake off a little bit of rust, but again, yeah, it's showing, you know, when you, when you race at the home racetrack, it, it, it helps, you know, get those kinks out quickly and, and early. And, uh, he certainly showed the pace because, you know, Wick and Gulick have been, uh, among the top two drivers in shift cart ranks all season long. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Wick ends up winning by 7.918 seconds in the main event on Sunday. Jacob Gulick uh, kind of by himself in the second spot. The battle throughout the entire race, David, was for third, though, as Connor Wick on the GFC was putting a ton of pressure on Wims. It was really 
off his rear bumper the entire race, kept looking to the inside in certain places. Whimsit slowly starting to kind of cover off the inside of turn four, the right-hand hairpin, which is a primary passing opportunity, kind of run that semi-defensive line uh, through there. Uh, Whimsit didn't have it easy. Wick, uh, Connor Wick certainly put the pressure on for 22 laps. Yeah, he made Joey work for it hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a lot of pressure there. And, and, and again, a great performance by Connor Wick. He continues... It's almost like how we saw Gulick last year just continually get better and better. I think this is kind of kind of Connor Wick's kind of progression year as he continues yeah. to get a little bit quicker and quicker and, and a little bit more comfortable, I think, you know, being up there towards the uh, the front end of the field. Kyle Dupel was pretty good as well. We saw him come back in at CRG. I haven't seen Kyle on a cart for a while. He was able to come back and kind of was right in the battle there in the top five. I think he qualified uh, P4. Uh, in the end, he uh, did not finish the main event. Cameron Egger on the Croc promotion uh, was dialing things in throughout the weekend, David. He ended up capping off the top five. Yeah, just not quite the pace there to be able to uh, to compete there with the top four. But uh, again, powered through and was able to uh, claim that top five finish. A number of the categories that we'll talk about here in the, in, as we do the debrief and go through the race report segment had a, one driver kind of dominated the action. That did not happen, David, in the 100cc senior class. Kieran Rogers was actually the fast qualifier over uh, Zach Fransky and Dylan Lyons. Uh, Caleb Schrader came up to win the heat race number one. Uh, Dylan Lyons ended up winning heat race number two. And Kiriako Sukas was the driver who came up to, to score the victory in heat race number three. So three different winners over the three heat races. What was interesting for me, and this is what put Sukas on the pole for the pre-final, he started ninth in the heat races and then third, uh, second, third, and a win, really solid. We ran three heat races on Saturday to set the grid for the Sunday pre-final. He just came storming up from you know the inside of row five, and all those races really was impressive on Saturday. Yeah, it was did uh, a phenomenal job making up for the you know the ninth place qualifying effort that he that he had, and again they weren't progressive uh, heat races, so he had to start there every single heat race. And uh, again, you know, passing at Pat Takers is not an easy task, and uh, he did a phenomenal job. And then to be able to go from ninth to first in that third heat, you know, he certainly got more and more comfortable with the racetrack and and more and more comfortable with the racecraft at the around the circuit and uh, was able to pick up that victory and and all that progression yeah put him on the pole position for the pre-final uh alongside dylan lyons unfortunately the yeah. racing continued to heat up a little bit more in the pre-final i want to say uh probably within the first seven laps of the pre-final there uh, the first half of the race yeah it was it was hot heavy uh, heavy racing up front and Sukas was among those. And unfortunately contact put him off the racetrack and he actually lost a chain during that incident as well. So he was leading at one point and then recorded a DNF in the pre-final to put him towards the back of the grid for the main event. Yeah. He started quite a ways back. Like, almost, I want to say like, you know, 16th or 17th, I think he's where he started in that one. Um, the pre-final ended up going to Zach Fransky, who was very impressive all, all told on the weekend. Uh, wins the pre-final over Kieran Rogers. Zach Meyer actually ends up P3, but the driver coming across the line in third was actually Caleb Schrader, but contact in turn number 11 later in the race um, uh, ended up with right in front of the race director, who they were standing right there in the mid part of the racetrack. Schrader getting a 10-second penalty, David, that dropped him down to 10th for the main event. But that really kind of set the stage for Schrader turning it up and, and really really putting on a show in, in the Rawlison Performance Group Cosmic. 
Yeah, it provided a show for sure, without a doubt. You know, Schrader was, you know, as we saw throughout the the weekend, uh, especially in the heat races, he was among the the top contenders. But again, you just didn't know because there was again so many different drivers that were yeah. capable of winning. They just had to have everything kind of play out and and the cards laid out just right for them to be there. And for Schrader, was able to you know fight his way forward per you know driver position by position. And eventually was able to get up into the top spot uh, with him and Zach Meyer right there uh, running one, two uh, towards the end of the race. They were able to pull away and get a little bit of a gap. Uh, Zach Meyer unable to, to make anything happen there in the final couple of uh, laps or a couple of corners as uh, Schrader would go on to earn that victory. Indeed, Kiriakosukas was one of the other drivers to watch. We, we, we talked about Schrader and Meyer going at it out front. Uh, Sukas coming from the tail of the field, marched his way forward. By the time he got to third, uh, number one, I think probably a little bit out of tires at that point because he really wasn't able to make any more kind of kind of plateaued on speed. But also Schrader and Meyer had already been you know been able to pull away to the point the, the gap was there. So Sukas coming home with a solid third position, uh, again, having started deep in the field. Aaron Farhadi, David, ended up in the four spot, kind of turned things around. He, he struggled a little bit during the heat races, but looked really good in the third heat race and pretty strong in the in the, in the pre-final. Ended up getting a solid fourth place position for Farhadi and then Fransky rounding out the top five. Yeah, good good uh, effort all weekend long for Farhadi, even even though he lost to me and Eric Thomas in the uh, the basketball game. Yeah, beat down. <laughs> beat down right here. That's what happens when you face MJ and Pippen. You know, that's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> all told a, a good it was for caleb schrader though david getting the win yeah it was and you know again for hottie was he was that driver in third and then as you said once sukas got there it was kind of like okay this is uh, this is the gaps a little bit too much and again the pace just wasn't quite there to be able to uh to to reel in the uh the top two that were there but it, overall it was a, a great weekend of racing in this category phenomenal uh stuff to watch all weekend long well, and it was the biggest class at 19 drivers, and they put a show on for us, right? That was the, it, that was the beauty. Yeah, of the thing. So and again, fun. a lot of a lot of drivers we don't typically see. We, I, you know, probably you know we see Sukas, we saw Ferhati, we see Schrader, um, you know, but you know Meyer we've only seen a few times, uh, and then the local drivers Zach Frensky, Kieran Rogers, Dylan Lyons, you know, all these Jack Doyle, all these drivers were doing a, a phenomenal job, you know, representing their home racetrack. Yeah, like we said before in the outlap, a good opportunity for us to get a chance to see these guys race and, and kind of introduce them to us and, and vice versa. Looking forward to seeing if we see them back on the racetrack again soon. So don't go anywhere. When we get back. Let's uh, we'll jump into the, some uh, Master Shifter. We'll do Masters 100cc. We'll be all Masters in this next group. Is IndyCar your dream? If it is, for 2022 and beyond, the path from karting to IndyCar has gotten even clearer. It's time to look into the new USF Juniors program. As a stepping stone onto the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires, Anderson Promotions will debut a new series next season that will provide the ultimate opportunity for driver development for karting's career-minded racers. The new USF Junior Series will feature a six-event, 16-race schedule to train racers for the move into the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship. The champion will win a scholarship worth over $200,000 and the total prize fund will exceed 325 grand. Next year, the series will utilize the current HPD-powered Liget JS chassis, and a brand new car with a Halo-type device will be introduced in 2023. If IndyCar is your goal, USF Juniors is the starting line. 
For more information, visit usfjuniors.com and follow USF Juniors on social media. Powered by technology, DID Racing Chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing kart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. Welcome back to episode number 97 of the EKN Debrief as we are doing our race report for the California Rock Championship event this past weekend up at the Pat Sakers Racing Complex. The race report today brought to you by the Skip Barber Racing Schools. We'll move into the Rock Shifter Masters class. We talked about how um, Kyle Wick kind of dominated the action in the uh, senior class. In the Masters division, it was actually Thomas Riddle who came out of the gate qualifying first over Rusty Lingle and Stefan Gaudreau. But uh, from there, Rusty Lingle on the crock promotion machine, David pretty much just took control. He was really the guy to beat for the remainder of the weekend. He was. He set the tone pretty much all throughout the heat races, you know, not really challenged. He had Riddle right there in second for the opening two heat races. Uh, Riddle had an issue uh, prior to heat three. I think it was a uh, uh, cracked chassis, so he was unable to make the start as uh, they weren't get able to get that repaired in time for the third heat race. Uh, so that allowed Jim Kidd to actually move up into the second spot. And uh, a driver who wasn't there throughout the heat races, who we saw uh, put down the fast time on Fast Friday, was Justin Williams. So Justin Williams actually missed qualifying in all three rounds of heat races, but he was able to come back Sunday after attending a wedding on Saturday to, to compete in the two races to uh, decide uh, the, the event's winner. Williams was able to uh, to put himself in the top three in the pre-final behind uh, Lingo and Riddle, who was able to repair his cart. Uh, and then early on in the final, it was a good little battle between these three drivers. You wasn't was I wasn't really quite sure who was going to be able to emerge. Uh, eventually, Lingo was able to kind of get the advantage and then put a little bit of a gap uh, over Williams and Riddle to uh, to be able to cruise to uh, to a three point one second victory. Yeah, solid, uh, solid one there for, for Rusty. If you haven't had a chance to look at our social media, we did, uh, we did get a chance to do interviews with all of our senior winners at the end of the day. Rusty and I chatted a bit there, so you can look on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook for those. Uh, David, in the Masters 100cc category, it was good to see five drivers in total uh, come and racing. That was that was a, kind of a, a solid deal for Masters. And again, all these drivers kind of throwing the challenge out to everybody else to come up and race next year. Lindsey High. Uh, came out of the gate and qualified on the pole. Jeff Bays was second. Mike Smith back in third spot. Mike uh, had, in a happy hour on Friday afternoon, Mike did a race simulation, 25 laps, the last lap being his fastest. So he was the quickest <laughs> in happy hour. But they 
it, we thought it might have been they missed the tire pressure, but didn't they? Didn't he say they thought they might have had a broken reed? I think is what he said for qualifying on on Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, well, first off, the the fast Friday, I I didn't even know that until uh, what about an hour after the session was over. I don't either somebody, did I. <laughs> somebody said, "Hey, he posted fast lap on the last lap because we it was again a twenty minute session. You you kind of run out of things to say when there's only you know five carts out on the racetrack." And, uh, and, and so we, so we had a photo, we had everything to go with, I believe it was Jeff Bays, who I think I had as a fast driver. Unfortunately, it was Mike Smith who, who put that lap down. Uh, but again, yeah, he was, he was the only driver to do that. I think we might've saw maybe a couple in, in shifter, maybe possibly try and do that. Not really sure. Cause it was, we did see some pit stops being made. Um, but yeah, Smith, you know, look like, you know, I heard, I kept hearing his, uh, his tuner, Jim Barry say, yeah, I think we were a little off on the tire pressure. Uh, when, when Mike continued to try and make a, a quick lap during the, I think it was what, 10 minutes that qualifying was. Yep. ten minutes. So yeah. So they, they gave him a lot of time to, uh, to try and lay down a lap. I know, you know, Lindsay Hyde stepped, you know, pulled off early, was really happy with the lap. And again, I think everybody was like, how the hell did you lay down that lap? <laughs> and Mike Smith was one of them. And yeah, he, he, I think what well, was at the end of end of the heat races, maybe, or any of the races, uh, they did a recheck and they found out it might've been a little clip. So not sure if it was tire pressure, or if it was the, uh, the read setting, but either way, Mike Smith was able to go on and win, uh, all three heat races on Saturday. Yeah. It kind of dominated the action from there. Lindsay high took second in the first heat race. Jeff Bays was in there for second in the second two. Scott Fermanick for speed sense motorsports, uh, you know, got in there, laid his baseline down and then continued to get quicker and quicker throughout the weekend. Not quick enough to battle, uh, with, with Mike Smith up front, but he was right there scrapping it out. Uh, in the pre-final Smith gets the win again, Jeff Bays in second and Fermanick in third in the final Smith ended up just bailing away to an 11.6 second win. Uh, it was tough for Jeff Bays, though, David, at the start of that one. Here's the guy that they were dialing the card in all, all weekend. They were definitely getting quicker, starting to close that gap on Mike. They figured they were going to make some changes to put him in the middle of the fight um, for the main event, so the 22-lapper. Goes out in the warm-up lap, and they, I guess, had forgot to tighten the bolts up on one of the wheels, and the wheel came off, and that was it for his day. I, I feel horrible for Jeff because I think he would have been right there in the scrap for the main event. Yeah, an unfortunate situation. Again, something you don't want to see happen in the final, something you'd much rather see happen earlier in the weekend. Uh, yeah, came out of uh, turn one and two and the cart, the tire was uh, dislodged from the cart. So uh, not exactly the uh, the way you want to end, especially with a, a chance to earn a, a ticket or even an entry or free tires towards the, uh, the Rock Vegas event. And uh, yeah, this, essentially that gave uh, Mike Smith a, a pretty clean slate to uh, to drive off and, uh, and cruise for the 22 laps uh, for the victory. Yeah, that was up for grabs. The winner of all the categories winning a full entry package to go to the Rock Vegas event in November. Entries, tire, and fuel. Second place getting the entry fee. Third place getting a set of race tires. Uh, so again, as you said, Smith with the victory. High second for Manic in third. Rene Bine wrapped up the driver's P4 that finished and we're able to get to the checkered flag. Uh, one driver in the Masters Rock category that was expected to be more ended up with one. That was Chad Wallace. He gets the ticket to go to Rock Vegas. Chad just was kind of there cranking out laps throughout the weekend and would love to have had more competition, but he will be, uh, I'm sure, faced with a pretty good grid, David, when they get to Vegas in November. Yeah, and the one positive from the weekend, he didn't get the cart dirty. 
You know, he, he yep. kept it kept it on the racetrack for every session, went out in every session, kept it clean, uh, you know, aside from the, you know, the typical wear and tear of racing. But uh, yeah, so Chad's going to be obviously one of the first entrants to uh, to the Rock Vegas uh, event in the Masters Rock category. I do believe, though, he he finished as the race winner, but with a 10 second penalty because he didn't tab all four wheels inside the lines. The that start. is true. Yes, he he did he did he did inquire a, a penalty in the main event. We were like, we we heard the radio call. We were confused. We thought it was for the the Masters 100 CC, and uh, Mark Michione was was having some he fun. He was having some fun. Yeah. At least kept it, kept it keeps Chad Wallace on his toes. You know that's that's, that's exactly the one thing it. you got to do is you got you got to keep keep on him. All right, folks, when we get back after this quick break, we'll dive into Junior 100cc Mini Rock and Micro Rock as we get closer to the end of this edition of The Debrief. You want the best? You just got to roll with the best. Streeter Superstands. This is Jeff Wessel from StreeterSuperstands.com. You wouldn't put subpar parts on your racing cart, so why put that cherished ride of yours on anything but karting's number one lifts and stands, Streeter Superstands. Streeter is the original and genuine manufacturer of the second-to-none Bigfoot rolling stands, stackers, uprights, and industry-leading superlift. We also manufacture and sell the largest and always-growing roster of trailer and shop accessories like tire, engine and jug racks, cabinets, spray can trays, beat breakers, and tons more to outfit any size trailer, team, and budget. Streeter Superstands has over 30 continuous years of experience. Rick Hart racers just like you and know that the Streeter name represents the absolute best in stands, lifts, and accessories for karting enthusiasts worldwide. Durability, affordability, unmatched quality, and customer service, that's what sets us apart from the rest. Check us out now at StreeterSuperstands.com. Roll with the best, StreeterSuperstands.com. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is RaceLab. The full-service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. RaceLab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from kid kart to shifter kart. Villeneuve Racing Carts is their flagship product, available only through RaceLab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TV Cart. Cartplex, the home of RaceLab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV Cart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports all beginning at Cartplex with RaceLab. Follow RaceLab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV Cart and Villeneuve Racing Carts. RaceLab, race with us, win with us. Welcome back to the EKN debrief of the California Rock Championship event up in the Pacific Northwest at Pat's Acres Racing Complex. Uh, we'll get into it here as, as we have the race report continuing, presented by Skip Barber Racing Schools. Uh, David, let's jump into the 100cc uh, junior category. It took the day, maybe practice day on Friday, for Caleb Gaffera, a North Carolina driver, to kind of get a feel for Pat's Acres in his first trip there. But once he got it knocked out, bam, he was the man. 
uh, qualified on the pole over his teammate, Javier Herrera. Alex Rontalo on the GFC was very impressive as well. Uh, it was P3 in qualifying. But Gaffera essentially won all three heat races going away. Uh, things got a little more interesting in the pre-final and final on Sunday, but he was just the guy to beat all weekend. Yeah, he certainly was. You know, make the long journey over from Italy after racing that the FIA Karting Academy Trophy program. And uh, yeah, so didn't show any really jet lag, Was got back into uh, the groove of things, uh, thankfully with that Thursday practice and and obviously all day Friday. And once once things went official Saturday morning with qualifying, he was the driver to beat. And it looked like he was going to go without any challenge, but uh, the main event was certainly a, a good one. Uh, and this was when ex- Alex Rantala and... Christian Cameron were able to put on a challenge. They actually dropped uh, Caleb down to the third position early yeah. on in the main event. So it was it was a good little battle. It was uh, you know each each driver kind of measuring up one another, figuring out where they were, and that was something we knew is is Caleb's cart was going to come in late because we saw that in all the heat races. Even though he won by a sizable margin, he was putting down those quick laps late in the race. So so it was a good little race that we saw. Once he got around Cameron, he then went after uh, Alex Rantella. Uh, I want to say it was around lap 15 uh, and then went on to lead the final f- four or five laps to uh, secure the victory. Yeah, Rantella really stepped things up in, in the main event, which was nice to see on the GFC Cameron on the Tony Kart finish at third. Steven Isert was fourth while uh, Javier Herrera rounded out the top five. 0.683 seconds was the margin of victory for Caleb Gaffera. And when we talked about him afterwards, he really, really liked the Pats Acres track. Very different to some of the tracks he'd been at before. And I know that in uh, getting a message from his dad, Chuck Gaffera, he loves the fact that he's up here at a track like this, right? Running all the different facilities, the big national series and tracks you run throughout the season. Back in 2016, I think they ran at Adams uh, Motorsports Park in one of the, uh, you know, one of the legendary tracks in our sport. Being able to come up here and run Pats Acres, a track built back in 1965. Just those little those little bucket list events, David. It was a bucket list for you to get there. Cool for a you know a young second generation driver like Gaffera to be able to come out and, and get that Pat's Acres uh, you know checklist uh, check mark on the list. Yeah, and also it was a good weekend working with Javier uh, under the Rollison Performance Group tent. They were uh, they were as we saw nose to tail in qualifying, yep. and uh, so it was good. You know, Caleb got to work with Javier there a little bit. And because uh, I don't recall seeing Javier ever at uh, Rollison under the Rollison Forums Group tent, so this might have been his uh, race debut with with the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly Javier was was uh, in the hunt all weekend long, and uh, it was a great little battle between him and uh, Isert uh, in the main event there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, in the rock, uh, mini rock and micro rock ran together on track and within the challenge of the Americas and of course here at the California rock championship, it's exactly the same chassis. I mean, exactly the same engine package, no difference. The, the weight's the same. So just really the ages is, is what's different for mini and micro in this program. So they were kind of battling back and forth, but the, the mini drivers did work their way to the front. Uh, Eric Dome from seed speed sense Spence motorsports. David was the quickest out of the gate in qualifying. Jack Bowdish and Colt Schlotthauer, the Midnight Motorsports drivers on the race factories, were in the fight as well. One driver we didn't see qualify was Jackson Gibson. So he started at the tail of the field, uh, the combined field in eight. But Gibson, in both the first two heat races, able to go to the front. Yes, uh, an issue in qualify. I think it was, I'm not sure if it was electrical or something, 
that uh, that kept him from uh, from completing a lap and qualifying. So uh, so Jackson had to come from the bat, the tail of the field in all three heat races. Uh, the opening two he, heats, we, he was able to knife his way forward and grab that victory. Uh, I want to say it was con- was it contact or possibly another mechanical that uh, that took him out of the race in heat number three. That allowed Bodish to to be able to score the win in in mini with uh, Doan in third and second. Uh, yeah. So that kind of that kind of shuffled up the the prefinal order. But Gibson was right back up front, uh, scoring the the victory in the prefinal. And then the it was certainly a wild main event. Yeah, the main event was a ton of fun to watch. It was essentially Jack Bowdish and Jackson Gibson who were, were able to pull away. Colt Schlotthauer kind of had slotted into third, but he was he was a ways back, wasn't able to catch up at the end. Bowdish and Gibson were going at it, and in turn number 10, which is essentially a left-hander type kind of uh, increasing radius left-hander that comes back to that turn 11 right-hander, um, on the penultimate lap, uh, Gibson made a great move, uh, surprised us all, dove to the inside. I think he surprised Gibbs, uh, Bowdish as well, was able to take the lead, comes around to get the the white flag, but coming back in through the one, two, three combination to the right-hand hairpin turn four, just didn't run the defensive line, not even a half defensive line. That put uh, that put Bowdish back down to the inside. He makes a great move, takes the lead. David, they get right back around to turn number 10 again. Gibson goes for it again in the same spot. I think, uh, I think that um, that Bowdy kind of knew it was coming, was kind of starting to defense. Gibson wasn't quite there early enough. The two make contact. They go off the racetrack. Schlotthauer ends up coming through with the win. Yeah, the two got tangled up. Again, the, the carts got a little bit uh, connected to where they weren't able to get going right away. Yeah. Um, so that obviously gave the uh, the room for Colt to come through and, and take the lead and then go on to score uh, the overall and class victory. Uh, by 2.6 seconds over uh, Eric Doan. Yeah, Doan ends up finishing in second spot. Bowdish in third. Gibson fourth, as David said, able to get rolling again. In the micro rock category, it was Cason Hodge, who's really the guy to beat throughout the weekend. Qualified actually on the overall poll. He and Eric Doan were P1 and P2. Axel Bowdish in second. Max de Guzman in third in the qualifying run. Jackson Benham was fourth. But David Hodge really was was it was running in the top three, top four all weekend. And he was able to sweep all of the micro rock sessions to get the win uh, by almost 20 seconds over to Guzman. Yeah, he was he was in the mix there with with the mini drivers all weekend long. Uh, wasn't challenged by any of the other micro drivers up front. So, again, it was Hodge to lose. And uh, fortunately for him, was able to keep it clean and uh, nearly pulled off the overall win when uh, when that incident happened as he was closed up on on Colts. Uh, unable to make a move and possibly maybe maybe took a, a smart move by not trying to force anything and and keep it clean to be able to score that uh, that micro victory. Yeah, and of course, getting the package to go down and run at the Rock Vegas event. But we and we've saw this out of Case and Hodge before. That's kind of the speed, David. He showed us coming out of the gate to start the 2022 season at the Challenge of the Americas. Right, he was right in the middle of the top ten uh, every weekend there, running against the guys you know at, at mini age. Yeah, exactly that. Um, that's something we haven't seen yet uh, outside challenge. Um, we're looking, you know, he talked to uh, to Austin Elliott and he said, yeah, they're working on some things, but uh, it was certainly a good bounce back weekend to be able to show that that dominating uh, performance and then be able to run with the mini drivers as well all weekend long. All right, final commercial break, folks. When we get back, we'll wrap things up. We'll have a look at our Constructors Championship and we'll give you the EK and Trackside Live race calendar 
for July. Stay tuned. We'll wrap it all up after this. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. Motor mounts are critical to producing 100% of the power your engine has to get you on the podium each and every time. Odenthal Racing Products provide the best motor mounts in the karting market today. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience, providing products with unmatched quality and value for the karting market. Our newest product is the Pro Series mount for two-cycle engines, available in 0, 5, and 8-degree angles, providing a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a medium with fins underneath to help dissipate heat off the engine. Our four-cycle EZ set is one of the most popular mounts for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, ORP wedge clamps get the job done, featuring a number of updates to its design for a lower profile and lighter weight. The clamps are available from 28mm to 32mm in both standard and Euro sizes. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, made in the USA. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, episode number 97, closing in on that number 100 mark. This uh, debrief, of course, has wrapped up our trip up to the Pats Acres Racing Complex for the California Rock Championship, a one-off event that provided uh, entry packages to the winners, uh, second and third place also getting uh, support to head to the Rock Vegas event in Las Vegas in November. Uh, David, let's just wrap things up. The bottom line is it was a really fun, exciting weekend at a very historic racetrack built back in 1965, but you mentioned it from the very start. All it takes is two drivers to have an exciting race. We had a lot more kind of in the fight. There were battles throughout the field. We didn't have a huge grid in all the categories, but, man, there was just really good racing. Is it six turns or 12 turns? I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, the angels will will tell you there's six corners. I was calling 12 all weekend long, and the map we saw says 12. The map we saw says 12. Even though they revised uh, a certain section that got taken out by the river, uh, it is then which they call River 1 and River 2, so those aren't official corners, (laughs) according to them. But, uh, yes, it is – it's certainly a fun – it was fun and and exciting weekend – 
and it, it checked off again for me and for others who have made their first trip there, checked it off the bucket list. And uh, again, there's it, it has a lot of different elements. You know, remind I kept telling people, reminded me of like East Lansing car track here. I like a lot of the old tracks that were built in the 60s where there's still these trees all around the paddock, all around the racetrack. Um, you don't typically see that anymore. You know, you think about Newcastle, you think about Utah, you think about, you know, Sonoma. There are literally no trees anywhere at yeah. those facilities. It, it's so, almost uh, like it's, it's almost like a natural amphitheater. Right? It's not that there's there, that there's there, there's mounds around the outside of it, but you're you're completely covered all the way around the outside with trees. Right. So you literally feel like you're racing inside. Uh, um, you know, a, a stadium, which I, which is one of the things I love about it. Yeah, and I almost wish they would have used like river in the name or something, because again, you have an actual river that goes around the entire facility. And, uh, you know, again, it made the, I'm, I'm guaranteed they didn't have to move a lot of the dirt to be able to lay out this racetrack. And they just use the natural terrain yeah. to to kind of use for the banking and use for, for the, uh, the different, you know, hit little hills that they have on, on certain sections of the racetrack. Again, it just, it, yeah, it just has that natural mystique to it. Love it. Uh, and again, a lot of the conversation throughout the weekend was about uh, how they can add to this event. Cause the, the, the whole, the plan is to make it an, an annual race. Andy and, and Chris Egger uh, are, are hooked up. We're going to do this for, you know, for, for drivers in, in the race, the rock on the Western half of the country. Let's make this kind of a go-to event to come to at a tremendous racetrack. And, you know, I, I, you heard stuff about maybe having like a, a band on Saturday night getting more people to come and camp, have some, you know, some more uh, post-race activities. We, we had a chance to be there. A number of people had their campers there. I think you, you get some more campers there. You do a little grilling out one night. You know, maybe have a big barbecue. You bring a band in. There's some of the stuff you could do to make this a really cool camping weekend for families as well. Well, and I also think because of how close it is to Canby, how close it is to Wilson. Was it Wilsonville? Wilsonville, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great opportunity to bring in spectators, you know, and, you know, you're talking about bringing in bands Well, you open it up to the public. You still have, you know, you, you tape off the, the paddock somehow. So that way, you know, you know, the, the, the spectators aren't allowed to just run right in, but, or somehow kind of mix it in. But, you know, you get kind of like that rock Island, that Quincy grand prix type yeah. feel to it. Yeah. I think that could be a, a possibility again, if it, if anything, it, it opens the eyes up to uh, the, the local community about about the facility and about the sport itself. And again, there's no better feeling than racing in front of spectators that you don't know. Uh, that's always you know something we've talked about. How do we bring karting to the masses and stuff like that? I really think if you mix in a, 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 a kind of like a public concert, kind of like how we have at Rock Island Grand Prix, where they have you know the the concerts at night. If you're somehow able to do it on site, because there's a lot of a lot of land there where they had, you know, multiple uh, concerts before. Yeah. Somehow kind of mix that all in. You know, you, you I think getting mixing in the public with the karting community with a, a big, you know, Friday or Saturday night type atmosphere of, of, of having a good time and having live live entertainment. I think that might be a, a positive and a different way of looking at at uh, uh, promoting this event. I like it. Uh, David, let's have a look at the Constructors Championship. Seven different brands uh, splitting the eight wins. Yeah, unique. Uh, you know, you think about the uh, the numbers, you know, what we say, 56 drivers in total. And we had seven different brands winning in the eight uh, main events. So uh, uh, that's a, a pretty diverse field. 
Uh, you talk about two wins with Cosmic. You got Caleb Schrader and Caleb Gaffera earning the victories in their categories. Kyle Wick on the track magic scoring that victory. Croc Promotion with uh, Rusty Lingle. Uh, the Gallard with uh, Mike Smith, Red Speed with Chad Wallace, Race Factory in the Mini Swift category with Colt and Expree with Case and Hodge. Yeah, so all told, uh, like I said, seven different brands scoring the win. Let's wrap things up now and having a look at the ECAN Trackside Live race calendar, where we'll be for the next uh, essentially four weeks. This edition of the calendar brought to you by Franklin Motorsports. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience and they can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. They specialize in IME engines, tilt seats, and of course, their championship-winning Merlin chassis. They've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for years, from providing a helping hand on a weekday test outing or at a club event to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. All right, David, uh, a couple of trackside events coming up. Uh, you're just, what, I guess a week and a half away from heading up to uh, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, uh, to the Briggs & Stratton Motorplex at Road America for the USPKS Badger State Grand Prix. Uh, again, the USPKS, who have had such great numbers throughout the season, heading to one of the coolest racetracks in the sport as well, the one located right inside uh, America's uh, what do they call America's National Park of Speed? That's the term. there you go. America's National Park. I knew you knew it. I I wasn't going to doubt it. I get there. I, wasn't, I knew you're going to get there. But <laughs> it, it is it is one of those rare uh, instances. We have Charlotte Motor Speedway. We have Daytona International Speedway. And we now we have you know we've had Road America. It's kind of been the hidden gem. That was uh, something that we you know we pointed out in 2020. When uh, USPKS went there for the first time, a lot of people had not been there ever before in the sport of karting. Uh, so it's it's kind of been that hidden gem, and now it's it's right there on the main stage with the the United States Pro Kart Series going yeah. there for now the third time to the Briggs and Stratton Motorplex at Road America. So you'll be there full coverage, of course. We'll have the uh, the stream from Kart Chaser, but you're going to get there full coverage, social media as usual. Maybe a trip to Seedkins before it's all said and done. Should be a good trip for you up to one of the just a fantastic track, man. I love Road America. Yeah, Seedkins is definitely on the on the list to uh, to hit up. And again, we'll we'll have everything full coverage as we as we typically do. Hopefully, we'll have a few little extra things. You know, just to, just because we're in Wisconsin, and again, it's such a historic place to be at. If you can't uh, get that uh, hot seat locked down, we keep talking about you doing a hot seat on Friday. Yeah, well, you know, as we talked about, there was a lot of uh, spare time at Supercarts USA, some no. spring nats to do that. So, no, no, uh, no. and then uh, you know, we had some plans for this past weekend. Unfortunately, they don't work out. Uh, we probably could. I probably could have done a hot seat, uh, but uh, we were camping and we we're having too much fun. So yeah. sometimes fun does get in the way of work. Well, yeah, we decided to make that executive decision. This particular <laughs> we will be back. At, you mentioned the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, the Summer Nationals. We'll cap, cap off the 13th edition of that series on July 29, 30, 31. I hated to miss the race at Utah, but I'll be happy to be back on the mic at Newcastle Motorsports Park to cap it off again. July, the final weekend. We'll do our ECAN track side there as well. David, you and I will be side-by-side side once again for that one. And looking forward to what should be a really, really strong weekend to find out who will be the national champions in the Supercarts USA program for 2022. 
yeah, excited to be part of that. Uh, excited to uh, wrap up the 13th season, as you said. Excited to uh, to kind of go through and and see who actually is going to be in the hunt for the championship in all the different categories. Uh, and just seeing the the track release, they're going to do the backwards track uh, without the uh, the jumps. So I think that's kind of a good omen. A lot of people were talking about it on social media yesterday. Uh, not having to do the ski jump, normal, you know, normal racetrack, no, yep. no craziness, but, uh, the backwards, I think we saw, I think that was the COVID year. If I'm, yeah. if I call it, it was a summer was. festival. That was the second weekend that we went backwards, I think. Indeed. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so a little bit of mix. I know, uh, other programs have used that layout. Um, but again, we haven't seen it that very often aside from that, that weekend. So it'll be fun to see. Maybe it'll be a little precursor to cup carts. Maybe cup carts is looking at maybe going backwards. That I'm just kind of kind of throwing it out there. Maybe maybe <laughs> Craig Jasperson's listening. Maybe maybe uh, yeah, I'd like to see what that track looks like backwards. Well, that would be interesting. Well, folks, <laughs> we, we've wrapped things up for this edition of the EKN Debrief, uh, episode number ninety-seven. Having a deep dive into the California Rock Championship one-off event at Pat's Acres Racing Complex. I think you probably heard through the the feel of David and I talking about it. For us, it was just a really fun event. Everybody seemed to have a good time. A number of people hadn't been part of an event where we had ECAN trackside live coverage, so they kind of loved that as well. Um, you know, it's it's this is an event that we are hoping uh, starts to grow some roots. So people say, hey, listen, I've never been to Pat's Acres before. I want to get up there. Driver's like a gym kid um, who actually came last year and was for sure coming back up this season as well. I think you'll see more people say, this is a race and a track I want to go to and a race I want to be part of. And we know that uh, obviously there's a lot of people that are passionate about running Andy Saisman's events, whether it be the challenge of the Americas, whatever that is. Uh, I think we'll see this particular race, whether they call it the California rock championship being in Oregon, that may change for 2022. Uh, but we hope that, uh, you join us up there whenever that date does get locked down. That wraps things up for this edition of the debrief folks. Thank you so much for tuning in on behalf of David Cole. My name is Rob Howden. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.